0: There is a lot of people out there that think like, well, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to try and make this work and I'm going to try a lot harder. I think we have to try differently. We have to try the different and different is scary. Change is scary. But that's where we grow and that's how we get to continue to do what we do and grow food and have these communities that are thriving. We have to try things differently. And I'm here for, I'm here for the people who want to try it and do a little different.
1: Hi friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate growth-focused rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today, I am so excited to be joined by my friend, Caitlin. I recently had the opportunity to be on her podcast, so getting to sit in the other chair this time is always so fun. I loved our conversation there, and I just cannot wait for the absolute fire she's going to bring our way today. So welcome, friend.
0: Thank you so much. I am equally as excited, but I have to tell you, when I have to sit in the other chair, I get a little nervous. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I still do, and I don't know
1: why. (laughs) See, I think it's easier being the guest because like, I don't know, I think I I, maybe I just talk on the fly easier and I don't have to think so hard to prepare.
0: Could be. Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe I just really like being the boss. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to turn this into a uh, reverse podcast episode, just let me know. But you can throw out whatever questions you want as well.
0: Don't tempt me or we will be here (laughs) all day.
1: Anyway, for anyone who's just getting to know you, can you give us a little context of who you are, what you do, and what got you to today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Caitlin Dubin. I am a first generation farmer in southern Alberta, Canada. If you pick up on the accent, I am a first generation farmer and I was not born and raised on a farm, I was not brought up in family farming. But I did, however, meet a very charming man who was a farmer and uh, fell madly in love with him and uh, found myself on a multi-generational grain operation in southern Alberta. So we became certified organic in 2018. Uh, We were not always organic over here, but this is, you know, something we wanted to do and wanted to create more work for ourselves. So I've been (laughs) here on the farm for about six years. My farming duties have changed throughout the years. Um, And to be honest, when I started here, it was not my intention to be an active member on the farm. I had a career. I wore the fancy shoes. I had the parking spot. I had a salary. I had a pension. All of the things. I was the total package Uh, So when I came to this farm, it was basically like a duck out of water. And uh, I went through some pretty severe growing pains, I would say the first, at least year out here, uh, specifically within the first six months, and really trying to figure out what on earth I was supposed to be doing. And if any of you follow uh, my good friend Brene Brown? Um, mm-hmm. She refers to this as a mental breakdown slash spiritual awakening, and I feel like I truly experienced that within my mm-hmm. first six to nine months here on the farm, um, which I've you know been open about online and everywhere. And whether that's a cringy story for you or not to hear, it's uh, it's what happened. So yeah, I started here not knowing what I was going to be doing. And by the uh, fall of my first year on the farm, I had learned to operate equipment. I had learned to run a swather. I was in the field harvesting the grain that I watched them plant and I was hooked. So I ended up leaving my career and again, still not knowing what that would look like for me. I never intended on being a full-time farmer. I always thought I would go back to work in some capacity. And it just so happens that I have have made my own work now. Uh, So I started, (laughs) yeah, as you do, right? Um, I started sharing my own personal story on social media very soon after we got married as a new farm wife because I honestly had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. So I remember sitting on my lunch break at my job before we got married. And I googled, what do women on farms do? What do farm wives do? And I was amazed The Google told me. uh, And the Google (laughs) connected me with other women who had started sharing their story. And, you know, I'd always been creative. And I've always loved writing. And I've always kind of done that as a personal hobby of mine. And so I thought, well, maybe I can start this. So I had started my Instagram profile way back when when we first got married and just kind of started sharing a little bits and pieces about the farm and what we were doing and uh, what I was learning and what I was discovering. And I think the biggest thing I discovered through all of that was the community of incredible Mm -hmm. women who were doing this thing that I was so enamored by they were growing food and they were growing babies and they were just living this lifestyle that I had no idea existed Mm -hmm. all while, you know, doing all of the other things that other people do. It was just like amazing to me. So I started sharing more and more on Instagram and had been connected with some amazing women. And it was the summer of 2018 When I was out in uh, one of our fields, I was mowing our cover crop. And, uh, if you could tell by the lines out there, I was not fully paying attention to what I was doing. Uh, there was no GPS in that tractor at the time. Um, and I, you know, I would watch Instagram stories and this is kind of when Instagram stories, I think were just starting and people were sharing like the bits and pieces of their day-to-day lives and, you know, through, through our feeds and everything. I just was so inspired by what these women were doing, Um, But there was a common theme that I found amongst these women. And that was, they didn't really see the big deal in their stories. And they just shared them as a matter of fact, very humbly, like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is why we do it. And I just thought, like, why isn't this being shared wider? Like, why isn't this being celebrated? Because to me, it was a big deal. Maybe to them, it wasn't. but. I love, love, love podcasts. And I always have. And listening to podcasts on the tractor was my jam. But I have to tell you, when I looked to see what agriculture podcasts would interest me at that time, there wasn't many. Mm -hmm. I love people and their passions in agriculture and whether that's, you know, agronomy or the markets or any of these things. It's not my jam, I have to be honest. Uh, So when I looked for basically a storytelling podcast or story sharing podcast, there wasn't any. So that day I got off the tractor and I went running into the house up to my lovely husband and I told him that I had the greatest idea that I was going to start a podcast for women specifically in agriculture to have a platform to share and celebrate their stories. Mm. And that lovely man looked right at me and said, honey, that sounds like a lot of work. And, <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't give him a lot of credit for being right all the time, but I did give him credit for that. Uh, so I, I jumped on the Google. I went to the University of Google to figure out how the heck you start a podcast. And in March of 2019, I launched my podcast, The Rural Woman Podcast, And it started out, I interviewed a dozen or so women of their stories and, you know, fumbled my way through the editing, the publishing, the marketing, all of the things. And I thought, you know, if my mom listens to this, like, that's good. Like, I'll be I'll be happy with that. But um, it turned out that not only did I need to hear this podcast through my earbuds, but other women and other people needed to hear this podcast, too. So. The rest is history. It's uh, shot off like wildfire and uh, this coming March it will be our fourth anniversary. We have you know far surpassed the half million download mark now. We've been heard worldwide. I have had the privilege of hearing some incredible stories and connecting with some incredible people. And I think more importantly, this platform has shown that women in agriculture and rural women, have stories to share, and that they are worthy of being shared. And uh, that's my story. <laughs> mm. That's me in a nutshell,
1: gosh, I don't know that I knew all of that. So I think my follow up question, you know, you mentioned this transition from fancy career, you always thought you would be to moving to the farm and then going through this like breakdown slash awakening. Um, So first of all, I would love for you to talk more about that because gosh, how relatable is that? How many of us have moved back to the farm and gone through our own like crisis of redefining who we are and then using that as a springboard to find what your place looks like in this world that you didn't know, but now are really in the thick of in your own way. I would love it more if you could speak to what that journey has been like.
0: Yeah. So back when I had my career, it was something that I held a lot of pride in. I come from a family of very hardworking, dedicated people. And when we get a job, we stick to it and we do it to the best of our ability, and we go all in. And when I I got this this job, this career, this was something that you know your parents always dreamed of, your children to be able to buy a home, uh, to have a pension, like to do all of these things. And when I got here and I arrived at this new life that was in front of me, I fought tooth and nail to keep my old life just the mm-hmm. same as it was. I wanted to be that career woman that I was proud of and that other people were proud of and just dabble, I guess, in this this farming lifestyle because at the time it was just like, well, I would come out here and go for romantic combine rides and at harvest and then get to go back to my house and, you know, life was normal and I quickly realized that in order for me to be successful here, I had to let go of the pride and the ego around what it was to be a successful woman. And, you know, I I say that with the utmost respect for the women who have chosen the path of I am going to work off of this farm and support in other ways because i i i commend them for that because that is a whole i just have so much respect for the women who are able to wear that additional hat mm-hmm. um at the time the changes were hard uh, like i said i was holding on to who i thought i was and who maybe i wanted to be and i was stuck in the middle and it was so confusing mm-hmm. at the time uh there were many changes in my job and my career that didn't align with me and I was at my breaking point point. and you know when you go through these major changes and I don't know if anybody tells you this nobody told me this so if you're listening to this and you and you don't know listen up when people talk about the first year of your marriage being the happiest and it's the honeymoon phase and all of those things you hear all of the wonderful hallmark romances about that I didn't live that And if you're hearing this and you didn't live it either, please know you're not alone. And if you do live it, I'm so happy for you because that is all I ever wanted. I wanted to move out here, have the romantic combine rides, all of the things. And it just didn't happen that way. Um, So in the spring, in the summer, I, I took a leave of absence from my job and it was purely for my own mental health. And to be honest, I sat in the dark under the covers and cried my way through all of it. The only places I went was my therapist and my doctor's office and had to work through the stigma in my own mind of my own mental health and feeling that failure that I couldn't just be quote normal, that I had to buy my serotonin through the pharmacy, all of these things. I had to work through all of those things and Eventually, you know, slowly, the curtains opened, I poked my head out to see what was going on around the farm. And I started taking more of an interest of what was happening around here and what was my new life. And eventually, like I said, I started, you know, I started on the lawnmower. And I honestly thought that I was going to be one of those statistics of lawnmower deaths uh, that happen because I was terrified of driving this lawnmower. And uh, so once I mastered that, I uh, started to venture out and do other things. And it was uh, it was a learning experience. It was something that I never thought I would do. And it's funny to me because when I think of the work that I used to do and, you know, the spreadsheets and the statistics and all of the like monitoring of these things, like at the end, you got to see what your results were. And that was rewarding to me. And now here I am on A grain farm driving the swather. And at the start of the day, all of this wheat was standing up. And at the end of the day, all of the wheat was laying down. So to visually see that did something to my brain that was like, this is sexy. I like doing this. Like, how can I do more? And I became more curious and interested in it. So knowing that feeling that I got, I was like, oh, I like this. And I like this industry. If you've grown up in agriculture and you've been around farmers your entire life, you might not realize this, but coming from outside in, farmers and ranchers and folks in agriculture are probably some of the greatest people. Mm -hmm. And I know you kind of sound like an airhead when you say that or egomaniac when you say that coming from a farmer. But honestly, like the people in this industry make the industry what it is. and. I think going into agriculture and not exactly knowing where my place was going to be, that was a really scary thing for me. And some days it still is. Some days I, I sit here and think, well, what is my place? Why am I doing this? But knowing that we get to choose how we show up in agriculture and we get to choose our roles and we get to define who we are in this industry, I think is super important and a note that I want people to hear there have been arguments online probably at your community halls or whatever you know people are put in categories and are given roles and titles that maybe they want or maybe they don't want for instance i don't call myself a farm wife and there are women who do and i love that for them i choose to not call myself a farm wife i am a farmer what that means to me is for me alone. I get to define that just as anyone else can call themselves what they want because that's for them. I am a voice in agriculture, whether you like it or not. That's what I've chosen to do. That is my role in agriculture. If the farm was gone tomorrow, am I still a farmer? Those are questions that I ask myself. And to be honest, I don't know the answer to what those are, but what I do know is the passion that I have for this industry will never go away. And I continue to be a voice of agriculture because we need the diverse voices. We need the voices in this industry that choose to challenge it, that choose Mm. to embrace it for all that it is the good, bad, and otherwise. So, that is a very long answer to your follow up question. But I have slowly grown into what my role is. But my role is forever changing. And I think that's what I like the most about it. And being an entrepreneur, we get to pivot, we get to move, we get to jump, we get to do things differently. And that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it a little scary sometimes but that's what keeps me going is that drive is the forever changing landscape of agriculture specifically but also entrepreneurship like there's new things every day there's things that I don't know those there'll be things that I never know but I'm always interested and curious about learning about it so
1: i think the way you described your story is so parallel to agriculture in so many ways in general in that you know what it looks like to figure out who you were and what you thought you were always going to be and what your life was going to look like and that jarring realization that whether it was intentional or not things were changing and how hard that can be to let go of and make space for growth and to evolve and the the fear and uncertainty with the unknown and i think you know if we're talking about agriculture as an industry right now like so many people are are on a similar path of you know why are we doing what we're doing? Like, what role does it play in the future of our operation? Like making those micro decisions of defining who you are and what's important to you or how this looks on different fields or what to try next. Like, I think that that really does hold up a mirror for what the industry is doing of figuring out how to evolve and change into this ever growing society. Um, And so I love that you, you know, then ended with speaking and what it looks like to, to celebrate and embrace diversity in agriculture and rural communities, because I know that's something that you are so passionate about. That's something that I care so much about. And I think a lot of times we are the most at war with ourselves, like within ag or within rural communities. Hey friend, after bringing dozens of small town doers and dreamers together in 2022, I am so excited to announce I'm getting ready to relaunch small group virtual masterminds to help you bring your life, career, or business to the next level. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, leader in your organization, or thriving business owner, I'm putting together unique offers specifically designed to meet you where you're at and help you grow. Tap the link in today's show notes to be the first to learn about each mastermind offering and of course, first to register come launch day. So, you know, you have over the past four years, which is amazing, congratulations, had so many interviews and perspectives with these women in rural communities in agriculture and you've seen and heard so many, so many diverse stories. So I would love if you could share what your thoughts are on what it means to celebrate, embrace and support that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I always kind of make the joke when, uh, I am at a conference or speaking to people or on a podcast to like not heckle me or boo me or anything when I tell them that I come from a certified organic farm. Cause they're like, Oh God, the hippie is here. Um, and I just kind of laugh but that's just one way of being diverse of, you know, how you grow your crops and all of the things. And I know when I started the podcast, it was a question that came out a lot. Like, are you only going to interview a certain type of farm or farmer or rancher or anything? I said, honestly, I have one stipulation for the Rural Woman podcast. And the stipulation is, is you know, they identify as a woman or non-binary that's the only stipulation I have. Anything else? Fair game. Let's talk about it because I'm curious and I want to learn. Something that I learned really early on in agriculture is there is no one way of doing anything and there is no right way of doing anything. What we're doing here on this farm is completely different than buddy next door is doing. Bad, good, or otherwise, it's just different. And so that's something that I've always found interesting with agriculture, you know, in other industries, there is the right way of doing things. And this is how you have to do it. With agriculture, it's kind of a fluid thing and it's learning and it's doing things differently. So what I've learned from the 170 some odd interviews that I've done is nobody's going to do it the same. But we can pull inspiration from what others are doing and make those micro changes in our own operation. Or for the women who have come on and been so brave to tell us what hasn't worked for them and what they've learned from that. Those are the stories that I really appreciate because there's so many of us out here and, you know, to hear that I've been doing this for 4 years there's half a million downloads all of th- those things those sound really wonderful and lovely there's been a lot of failure along the way to make that happen and in that failure there's growth so if you're not willing to be vulnerable and put yourself out there with the potential to fail you will never grow and i hate that that is a fact cuz emily I really hate falling on my face. (laughs) Takes me a while to get back up, but I do. And, uh, you know, it's been a learning experience. And I think for a lot of the women that I've interviewed, you know, it's been a learning experience for them on their operation. And whether that's learning a new technique or incorporating new livestock or trying different amenities for their soil, whatever it is, like I have so much respect for people who are willing to try. And you know what? If you don't succeed, that's okay. You try again. You try something different. And you know, something that I'd heard recently uh, that really was just like a light bulb moment for me. There is a lot of people out there that think like, well, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to try and make this work and I'm going to try a lot harder. I think we have to try differently. Yeah, We have to try the different and... Different is scary. Change is scary, but that's where we grow. And that's how we get to continue to do what we do and grow food and have these communities that are thriving. We have to try things differently. And I'm here for I'm here for the people who want to try it and do a little different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a front row seat that I have gotten, you know, being married to my husband. My husband I will give him so much credit. He is so passionate. And for the entirety of the time that we've been on the farm, which I guess we're coming up on six years now, also has been experimenting. And what if we try this cover crop? What if we just throw out a bunch of this kind of stuff? What if we try no-till? What if we try strip till? What if we try I don't I can't even make a list of the things that he's tried. And it's it's different and it's out there and you know the conversations that he will have with people being like, well, I tried it and he didn't work. And he's like, okay, well, your soil's different. Like, what about this? Have you considered this? What about making this little change? And, you know, I, I've just gotten to really watch him evolve and watch him do some things really, really successfully. And, you know, for your phrase, like fall way flat on his face and like what that does to your pride, ego, like self-worth, all of that. And just, Watching his journey and the way that he so openly shares about it, like he was asked to speak at a conference and basically gave a presentation about everything that he had done that hadn't worked. (laughs) And the grown men who were weeping by the end that said, this is the first time I have gone to something like this. And someone has admitted all of the ways that something hasn't worked. Like I thought it was just me and I, you know, whether in agriculture or entrepreneurship, like, why don't we talk about that? You know, it's easy to be like, oh, here's all these things that went wrong. And here's how I overcame. And here's what I learned. And it's so great. But like, I want to hear about it along the way. I want to hear what you're struggling with, like right now, so that I don't feel like the only person who feels like this is so dang hard. And who's like you said, willing to back up and try again and reiterate and not just keep pushing the same thing if it doesn't seem like it's a good fit anymore, but what does it mean to evolve? What does it mean to grow as a person, professionally, on the farm, all the things?
0: Right. I think the whole thing about being vulnerable and telling people what didn't work and how it failed, and like kudos to him for doing that. Because let me tell you, I've sat in a few conferences where they're up there and they're telling you how wonderful it is and all of the things. And like you said, like what happened along the way? Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, we want the comeback story. The comeback story is the one that hits you right in the feelers. But I want to be in the arena. I want to be down there seeing what's not working and why it's not working. And how do we build each other up? And like you said, mm-hmm. the feeling of I thought it was just me
1: mm-hmm.
0: has to be one of the loneliest, worst feelings you can have as a human. And, you know, I, I've shared my story. I've shared my struggle of mental health and I've shared my successes from it. And I've shared what's worked for me. And it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you, but it also means like this might be something for you to try. This might be something for you to take a piece from and give it a go for yourself. And if it doesn't work for you, okay, what's the next thing that you can do?
1: Yeah. At least opens the door to show like there's a path. Yes. And I think more than anything gosh, if there's one message that I could just bestow upon the world, it's like, what do you actually want? Like what makes sense for you and, or your career or your family or your operation? Like stop trying to copy and paste someone else's journey or process into your own life. Like, of course, by all means, like take inspiration, try different things, but it's okay to trust yourself to figure out what makes sense for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: So uh, doing what you do or what you have grown into, what you're doing at this point, you know, it comes with an element of bravery, of standing up and doing something different, maybe in agriculture or in a small town, which is where I know a lot of the women who really dig this podcast are at. They are, you know, they have a goal on their heart. They're working towards a dream. They're maybe stepping outside of what they've ever done before, what anyone in their family has done before, what anyone else around them feels like they're doing. Like. In your journey, what have been some of the hardest parts of being a person who's standing up and doing something different?
0: I think some of the hardest parts have been, you know, the parts where you do fall on your face, where you have tried something and then it doesn't work out. And when you're in that really low place, deciding if you're going to stand back up or not. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do something new. And I think one of the biggest learning pieces that I've had over the years is having the courage to stand back up and do it again will lead you to the confidence to keep going, to be able to continue to have those moments where you do fall again because we're all going to do it. I don't care if if you've been in the business for 50 years, there's still going to be flubs along the way and having the courage to stand up and do it again builds that confidence piece. And it's the confidence piece that will keep you going. And I still struggle a lot of times with, you know, am I the person that should be doing this? But then I think to myself, well, why not me? Why not me? What is the reason I shouldn't be doing this? And to be honest, the hardest conversations I've ever had are with myself. The hardest person who has ever been mean to me, lives up here in my brain. And one thing I always joke and laugh and say, I'm pretty sure I've bought my my counselor, my therapist, a boat by now. <laughs> because, you know, she keeps me going. One question she's always posed to me uh, whenever I'm in doubt, whenever I'm in my head and being that mean girl to myself, to stop and ask the question, well, who said that? did they actually verbally say that to you? Because if they didn't, then that's anxiety talking. And that anxiety doesn't get to control you. Stop and have that conversation with yourself when you're in the doubt phase of like, who am I to do this? Why am I doing this? Nobody's going to like this. Well, who said that? Like, did you actually go up to your sister-in-law and say, I have this dream. I have this idea. And she just looked at you and you're like, well, that sounds stupid. Likely not. And if she did, we can have a cup of coffee. But um
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. That's
0: a whole other conversation for another time. Um, but honestly, like it just it seems so simple, but it's so hard. It's so simple. You just have to try. And when you try and it works out, try something else. And if it doesn't work, we'll try something different. See what else works. And you know what? It's okay to start something and for it not to be a booming success. Gosh, the amount of things I've tried in the last six years that like I thought, this is going to be my thing. And you know what? Turns out I didn't like it. And you know what? I didn't have to do it anymore because nobody was there except for me to tell me to do it or to be hard on myself or anything. It's okay to let the things go that didn't work out. And if something didn't work out in the past for you and you've learned from it and you've grown from it, It's going to be a really good launching point for your next thing that you want to try. Because there's nobody here telling you that you can't try besides maybe that little mean girl voice in the back of your head. And we don't listen to her. We don't want to talk to her.
1: (laughs) That's why we have therapists.
0: That's why we have therapists. Thank God.
1: (laughs) Amen to that. And I just love that piece of everything that you do is a part of what's getting you where you're meant to be you know, I'll have you be like, Oh, do you regret going into education? Do you wish you would have studied business? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, there was no way that 19 year old me was going to be ready to build a business. I didn't even know what I was doing in the world. Everything that you spend your time and energy on is guiding you along your journey. And one of my, my good friends always says like, what's meant for you won't miss you. So you keep standing up, you keep reiterating, you try something new, you carry along your path and you find your way. So as a, you know, you're in podcasting and speaking, I would love to know, as we're in January of this year, what is on your heart coming up in 2023?
0: I have to tell you that, um, you know, I see the overwhelming excitement of people and like, New year, new me, all of that jazz that goes on at the beginning of every year. And I have to tell you that I am typically the complete polar opposite of that. Mm -hmm. I look at my past year and I think, wow, wow, wow. Like, how can it get better than this? Like, 2022 was, like, my year. Emily, I was in a hair commercial in 2022. Like, how how do you start 2023 knowing that you were in a hair commercial in 2022? (laughs) I don't know. And those were the mean girl thoughts that I had in the beginning of 2023. It's like, oh man, like, you know, what's going to happen this year? Like what is on the docket, all of those things. But I feel like I've slowly been crawling out of that new year angst. And 2023 for me, you know, people pick their power word or they pick the word or their New Year's resolutions, whatever it is for me this year, uh, I've decided that my word for 2023 is audacity. I love it. And what that means to me is I am going to choose to show up as my best self and my best self is audacious And I am going to ask for the things that I want. I am going to get the things that I need. And I am going to have the most wonderful year of 2023. What that looks like exactly, I still can't tell you because I don't know. But it's (laughs) a year that I am not going to give up on myself and the dreams and the things that I've built Mm -hmm. for anything and for anyone. So I think, you know, I... I have had the privilege of working with some amazing conferences and organizations that have had me come up on their stage and share my story. And I've, you know, the next, you know, next week, I leave on the road for basically the next two months getting to share and connect with farmers across Canada. And I am, I'm so excited to give out all of the hugs and uh, see these people face to face and hear about their operations and what they're doing. And, how we can support one another in doing that and building a better, stronger community in agriculture and what that looks like. So yeah, those are audacity is uh, is the word. I've often been dumbfounded by some audacity that other people have. So if I could just have a small inkling of that, I think I could do some pretty good things. So <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I think that also comes back to um, weighing the validity of the mean girl. Right. It's like if, if self-doubt, I think when I talk to to women in, in this community, so many things can be boiled down to the belief that we have in ourselves to bring anything to life. And so if we can dial that down and turn up that audacity and I think oftentimes even just see ourselves the way that our loved ones see us right. and fully step into our purpose and whatever that looks like, what a gift that would be at the end of this year.
0: Right check back with me in 2024 and uh, see if I have accomplished the audacious year that I have set out to do.
1: Mm, but I love that that, that leaves it open. That's not yeah. a specific, that's a state of being. Mm-hmm. That's when you're in the moment of self-doubt or when you're in the moment of decision-making or you're deciding whether to send the email, like, am I doing this from a place of fear or audacity? Right.
0: And honestly, for those who you know sit there and think like oh gosh should i send the email should i do this should i reach out let me tell you the worst thing that's going to happen to you is either they're going to say no or they're not going to respond and you know what i think it's their loss and for those emails that you do send out you know even if if you've been in the industry or doing these things forever there's still people that get told no you know mm-hmm. and if no is the worst thing that you're going to be told in the day I think we have a pretty privileged life, right? Mm -hmm. Like not getting a response or saying no to things. And I want to flip that too. You don't have to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. When you're starting out, you are going to be flattered by the amount of people and brands that want to work with you And they are going to offer you all of the free goods that you could even imagine as long as you do 75 reels for them and, you know, dance on a TikTok and whatever it is, right? You don't have to say yes to that. If it doesn't feel good to you and you just can't figure out why, it's a no, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the saying? Like, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. And everybody has to do things to grow but you have to know at the end of the day that this is aligning with who you want to become. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, please don't do it. Mm -hmm. Just don't.
1: Amen. Mic drop there. Like think, who are you growing into? And if it aligns with that, great. And if not, is it worth your time?
0: Our time as farmers, as entrepreneurs, as human beings, our time is the most valuable asset that we have. And you need to choose who is taking your energy, who is getting that time? And are they that important? You know, I worked with a woman in my previous career, and I will never forget what she told me. What do you want your headstone to say? Do you want it to say that you were a great, you know, influencer on Instagram, or you were the best podcaster of all time? No, I want it to say that I was a loving wife, a caring mm-hmm. friend of, a beloved daughter. I want all of those things. And if I'm giving all of my best self to these things that at the end of the day, don't really matter that much, Mm -hmm. then I'm not living my purpose.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, on that note, my friend, what does personal growth mean to you? It's a question I ask every guest who comes on the show and I love the diversity of answers.
0: I think personal growth for me comes back down to the reflection part, you know, and being self-aware. How are we regulating ourselves and our emotions? How do these things make me feel? And actually slowing down and understanding that and knowing that before we leap into things. Because like I said, it's really sexy to get offers and partnerships and all of these things, but take a step back and reflect on those things. And in the end, is it going to help you become the person that you want to be? And through the process, are you growing? And Mm -hmm. if you are, then I think that's personal growth, right? And it doesn't need to be about business. It doesn't need to be about work. You know, is there something that is on your heart that you want to try. Why do you want to try that? What is it going to do for your life? How is it going to make you feel? So, being really connected on the inside to me, that's personal growth.
1: Mm. Love it so much. I know you've mentioned uh, the podcast a few times. So, if someone's listening and has recognized just how much they need to listen to your calm, soothing voice and brilliant words where can they find that? And where can they connect with you online?
0: Thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) They can find the Rural Woman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, My website is wildrosefarmer.com and you can find everything you need to know there about the podcast and speaking and all of the good stuff. I am known on the internet as Wild Rose Farmer. So I am on all of the social media platforms Uh, that you can think of. I don't do any TikTok dances because, you know, I'm not that great at them. But yeah, if you (laughs) want to connect with me, uh, Wild Rose Farmer, and if you want to connect with the podcast, the Rural Woman podcast, I would love to hear from you and uh, hear your story.
1: I love it so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you.
1: Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushall over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.